Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is Will Rawson coming to you from the Will Rawson Podcast. This is episode 11. I was going to not talk about sports a lot on my next episode, but a lot of things happened in sports over the weekend, over this past week, Thanksgiving week. We had, it was a rivalry week, and then it was also, yes, so also some big name coaches moved on from their schools. Let's go with a rundown of basically what the top 25 looks like now. Georgia is number one after they soundly defeated Georgia Tech. Michigan and Georgia's 12-0. This is the AP. I haven't seen the college football playoff rankings yet, but it's very similar to the AP. Michigan is number two. They're 11-1 after they defeated their rival, Ohio State, in the game. I think it was 42-27. to Then you have number three, you have Cincinnati, who beat East Carolina to finish their season at 12-0. Then you got number four, you have Alabama. They're 11-1. They beat, in the Iron Bowl, they beat Auburn in like four overtimes, I believe, 24-22. to <clears throat> Then you got number five, you got OSU, 11-1. Alabama's also 11-1. They defeated Oklahoma in the Bedlam rivalry. Uh, I think it was 37-33 or 39. But they won. So in Notre Dame, you have them at 6. They're 11-1. They defeated Stanford. Then you have... Ohio State at seven, they're ten and two. Ole Miss at eight, they're ten and two. Somehow they leave Baylor, who was at number nine and ten and two. That may have been because Baylor barely defeated uh, Texas Tech in the last game of the year for them, the regular season. And then you got ten, round up the top ten. You have Oregon at ten and two. <clears throat> Michigan State is at eleven, they're ten and two. The OU is twelve, they're ten and two. Oklahoma fell to. I believe like 11 or 10 to 13, they're 10 and 2. Utah is 9 and 3 at 14. 15, you have Iowa is 10 and 2. 16, you have Houston at 11 and 1. 17 and 18 are two ACC schools that will play each other in the ACC championship. Pittsburgh at 17, they're 10 and 2. Wake Forest at 18, they're 10 and 2. Then you have San Diego State at 11 and 1 at 19. Number 20 is Louisiana, Lafayette, or Louisiana. They're 11 and 1. Number 21 is NC State. They are 9 and 3. 22 is Clemson at 9 and 3. 23 is Arkansas at 8 and 4. 24 is AM, which is at 8 and 4. They lost their season final to LSU, which got LSU into bowl eligibility. And Kentucky is 25 at 9 and 3. Now let's look at the schedule for the conference championships. You got in the Pac-12, you got number 10, Oregon, versus number 14, Utah. Then the Big 12, you got number 9, Baylor, 10 and 2, versus number 5, OSU, at 11 and 1. The Mountain West, you will have San Diego State at number number 19, San Diego State at 11 and 1, versus Utah State at 9 and 3. Then in the Sun, the Sun Belt Conference Championship game, you'll have Appalachia State. They're 10 and 2. 
Then you have Louisiana at 11 and 1. And also ranked number 20. And in the SEC, you'll have number 1, Georgia, 12 and 0, versus number 4, Alabama, who's 11 and 1. Then the AAC Conference Championship game will be number 16, Houston, at a, a, with an 11 1 record, taking on number 3, Cincinnati, who's 12 and 0. Then the ACC, I just mentioned, it'll be 17, or 17, Pittsburgh at 10 and 2, versus number 18, Wake Forest at 10 and 2. And then on December 11th, you have the uh, Army Navy game. Army will going into that game at eight and three, and Navy will be three and eight. Go Navy, beat Army. Then you have the CUSA Conference Championship game. Western Kentucky at eight and four will versus University of Texas San Antonio, who is eleven and one, and they actually dropped out of the top twenty-five after losing their first game. And then the Mid American Conference will have Northern Illinois at eight and four versus Kent State at seven and five. Now let's talk about some of these coaches that have left. Like I said, some big-name coaches left. That's why I'm talking about sports. Lincoln Riley left the University of Oklahoma for USC, which isn't a super big deal that he left for another job, although USC right now is not a better job than Oklahoma. It, you know, it may be in the long, in like the short term, maybe a, easier path to the playoffs because you know you'll be going to the SEC soon I think Lincoln Riley's career record against SEC teams was like one in four with the only uh, win going coming against Florida in the I think the Sugar Bowl but I mean I see him I mean you know they offered him like a lot of money they bought both his houses in Norman for 500000 or 50000 over the asking price, something like that. And then they bought him a house in L.A. and then are going to give his family and him unlimited use of a private jet anytime they want. The only thing, I guess, is the fact that kind of how he left. And, you know, he left, kept people in the dark. And then, like, how some of the, some of the California kids they were recruiting are kind of decommitting, I guess, and probably looking to go to USC and then, Heard something this morning on the Sports Animal that one of the guys, I think one of the OU coaches like Roy Manning, is still at Oklahoma working. And apparently there was some five-star kid that was being interviewed that said that, I think he was a defensive back, saying that he was choosing between Alabama and USC. And he's like, yeah, Coach Manning was telling me to go to USC. And he's still working at Oklahoma right now. Is Bob Stoops is the acting interim head coach for Oklahoma. So... I mean, that's kind of sketchy, you know. And then Spencer Rattler, obviously, he entered the tra- entered the transfer porter. That that was gonna happen, but now there's some speculation that Caleb Williams may not stay at Oklahoma. He may leave, depending on you know who's the coach and he's gonna. Apparently, it's like word out of Norman is he's on a wait and see approach on who the next coach is, who the next hire is, and if that guy's a defensive minded coach who he brings in as offensive coordinator, you know, QB coach. So, I mean, and then some other players have entered the transfer portal. Uh, one of their H-backs slash tight ends, I think, entered, and two wide receivers, I believe, have entered the transfer portal. So, 
I mean, it's an interesting timing right now. And then, let's talk about Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame for LSU. That happened. And the thing about that is, with Brian Kelly, I think we with Jay Williams on ESPN, former Duke basketball star. He said that it was kind of coward. It was cowardly because, like, Notre Dame still realistically has a shot at making the playoffs. They're set at number six in the polls and in the playoff poll. So basically, if you know, basically them, OU didn't have a shot at the playoffs really at ten and two and where they were ranked. But Notre Dame, like, it's one of those deals where they did. So it's kind of like, why couldn't you wait? And see, because let's say Michigan and Cincinnati get beat. And Iowa, who will be playing Michigan in the Big Ten Championship game, very well could. You know, they could beat Michigan. Iowa at number 15 is not jumping into the playoffs. Two loss, Michigan's not going to the playoffs. If Georgia beats Alabama soundly, like, bad, we're talking like they just go out there and blow Nick Saban's, a Nick Saban team out. Like, they blow them out, which I don't see that happening. Two loss, Alabama's not getting in. Now, two loss, Alabama could get in if, I think, I might support get in if they lose a close game to Georgia. Or if Cincinnati gets beat by Houston, Houston's not jumping up at 12-1 and and getting in. Cincinnati's probably out. So Notre Dame can get in. I mean, and if Oklahoma State gets beat and then two loss Alabama State does get blown out, which, like I said, I don't see a Nick saving coach team getting blown out. But let's say let's say they did get blown out, like, bad, like 42 to, like, 3 by Georgia or something like that. I mean, and then... Alabama's going to be out, and if one of these other two teams in the top four loses, or Oklahoma State loses, Notre Dame would be in. You still have a shot. That's why, that's the thing that's the most upsetting about Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame, is that you still, and I have to agree with that gutless, cowardly comment, because your team still has a chance at the playoffs. They still have a shot. Now let's go over some of this coaching carousel, because... You know, some of these jobs have filled up. Akron is still looking for a coach to replace Tom Arth. UConn hired Jim Moore Jr. to replace Randy Etzel. FIU still looking for Butch Davis's replacement. Florida hired Bill, Billy Napier from Louisiana Lafayette, or Louisiana as they're known. I think that's a good hire for them. Georgia Southern hired Clay Helton to replace Chad Lunsford. And LSU obviously hired Brian Kelly to replace Ed Orgeron. TCU hired Sonny Dykes to replace Gary Patterson. Texas Tech hired Joey McGuire to replace Matt Wells. Troy is still looking for their replacement for Chip Lindsey. UMass hired Don Brown, former Michigan defense coordinator and Arizona defense coordinator, to replace Walt Bell. I think Don Brown was also a former UMass head coach. Then obviously... Lincoln Riley was hired by USC to replace Clay Helton. Virginia Tech hired Brent Pry, the Penn State defensive coordinator, to replace Justin Fuente. Washington hired Caleb DeBear, former Fresno State head coach, to replace Jimmy Lake. Washington State hired Jackson Dickard to replace Nick Rolovich. Dickard was the interim coach, so he was on Rolovich's staff. OU has Lincoln 
Bob Stoops is the current interim head coach. Why they look for Lincoln Riley's replacement. Notre Dame, I believe, has Marcus Freeman as their interim head coach. Why they look to replace Brian Kelly. Louisiana Tech hired Sonny Cumbie, who was the acting interim head coach at Texas Tech when Matt Wells got fired, to replace Skip Holtz. Temple still working for Rod Carey's replacement. Duke is still looking for David Cutcliffe's replacement. SMU hired Rhett Lashley to take over for Sonny Dykes. Louisiana is still looking for Billy Napier's replacement. Fresno State is still looking for Kaitlyn DeBears. DeBoer's replacement and New Mexico State hired Jerry Kill to replace Dave Martin. Jerry Kill was the interim head coach at TCU and former Minnesota head coach. I mean, that's all I have on the sports, just, you know. And let's see. Uh, let's see what's going on. Well, in news outside of uh, sports, let's see. Uh, I guess Cal, the Cal Rittenhouse kid was a, uh, he was, uh, I guess, enrolled at Arizona State online courses, I guess. He didn't even go to the campus or something. He was going to ASU online for nursing or something so he can get certified. I guess to do, like, I guess to be a nurse. I guess, like, a bunch of, like, Marxist, socialist student, you know, whatever. Groups found out, and they threw a fit, and were like, oh, you know. I think he withdrew, or ASU said he withdrew from, like, their online courses. Cancel culture at its best. Let's see what else. Oh, CNN suspended uh, Chris Cuomo, the brother of former New York governor, Anthony Cuomo, because of some stuff to do with some shady stuff he did, I guess, with involving his, like, the harassment accusations against his brother, like, trying to find, like, info or whatever on the accusers. I don't know. It was, CNN suspended him indefinitely. There's that. Uh... We had a shooting at the Tulsa airport, I guess. The suspect was shot in the foot, and the Tulsa airport security officer was shot in the bulletproof vest. I guess a lady coming back from Houston's like husband or ex-husband told her that when she got back to Tulsa, he was going to shoot her, so a security guard escorted her and her brother to the car. The husband showed up, and they got into a little shootout. Uh, they also found the body of one of the and of one of the people missing from Turley uh, a guy that was not connected to the case of the two other three other people that were missing so remember they had talked about it on the other podcast they found the elderly gentleman gentleman that was missing from Turley well the guy I think that went missing before them or after them but wasn't involved they also found him his body they still haven't found the son or the mother who came from the prior area to look for the son and the and his elderly uh, friend? They have not found them yet. Like found them, you know. They have like there's no trace of them. So what else? Okay. Mm. Oh, the Taliban and Iran have been getting into some fights at the border, which 
Haha. Ha. That's funny to me. Because I don't like Iran or the Taliban, so they can just shoot each other all they want. Then I guess the same thing. Pakistan is doing counterterrorism operations in the tribal region because the Taliban's trying to stake claim to that or something. I don't know. Well, that's what they get for supporting the Taliban. All those years that we were there, them and Iran. Okay, and what else? Let's see. Oh, there's some kind of travel restriction for South Africa the because of the Omerian variant or whatever for COVID. And I guess they had the first case in the U.S. was diagnosed by someone out in California. <laughs> Why do these cases happen in, like, the states with, like, the most strictest COVID policies? That's interesting. There was a school shooting in Michigan. It was an, involved another teenager, like the school shooting in Texas we had recently. It was another, like, teenager. In the Texas one, no one was killed, but sadly, fortunately, or, but sadly in this one, like, three people were killed. And it was another student. It was a kid. We had that. You had the guy that drove the car into the Christmas parade and killed a bunch of people that apparently, I guess it was in Waskegon, Wisconsin, I guess he was that no bail reform stuff or whatever. The prosecutor said that that would probably get someone killed or the defense attorney, I think the DA, would eventually get someone killed and well, it got several people killed. So there's that. Giselle Maxwell's trial is going on. I mean, nobody's like, Facebook, if you fact check, say no, the media's not really covering it, Facebook will fact check, fact check you and say that they are and that that's false. But they're not covering it like the Rittenhouse thing. It's not on, like I, if I go flip on CBS right now or ABC or NBC, or CNN or MSNBC, MSNBC or Fox News. There's probably no, they're probably not videotaping or waiting outside the courtroom for it. I mean, I mean, it's probably because it's going to be because of some of the people that have known ties to Jeffrey Epstein. That's Joe Maxwell's former lover. Who she helped recruit. And you know. I guess. She helped in his sex trafficking. And pedophile-ish acts. So like. You know that's. Because you know there's like a picture. Prince Andrew I guess from. You know the royal family in Britain I guess. I was like oh I never hang out with Epstein really. Or know anything about these underage girls. It's funny, it's one of the girls that accused him and the main people that helped bring Maxwell and then eventually Epstein before he killed himself in prison to justice. She pointed out, talked about Prince Andrew, and he's like, wow, I've never met that person in life. There's a, literally a picture of him, her, and Giselle Maxwell hanging out. So, 
that's very interesting. It'll be interesting to see what comes of this case. And I guess, oh yeah, the CEO of Twitter resigned, oh Jack Dorsey. Someone else, like the chief financial officer of Walmart resigned. And then the C CNBC, uh, I don't know if it's their CEO or CFO, but he resigned, but he resigned to take over at, uh, he's taking over at Twitter. So, I mean, there's that. Anyways, I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving and you weren't dicks on Black Friday like crazy people. And, you know, be good people and remember Toys for Tots and other organizations are, you know, needing donations for those in need. So you can donate or buy a toy or money or whatever, you know. Canned food drives, you know, stuff like that. Do that. Anyway, though, everyone, have a good day. We'll Rawson out. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Will Rawson podcast. The uh, New Year's Eve edition, I guess you could say, the last one of 2021. Hopefully, y'all have more and better podcasts for you in 2022. I mean, I will. I mean, But anyhow, let's let's end 2021 with a bang. All right. So if you're watching the college football playoffs, it's going to be a Georgia versus Alabama rematch, which happened in the SEC championship game this year. And then also I think it happened like a few years ago in the college playoffs. Alabama came back with Tua and rallied to beat Georgia. But that's happening in college football. Cincinnati, I think Alabama beat them 27-6 to in the first playoff semifinal game. Uh, see, Georgia beat Michigan 34-11. So, yeah, national championship game is set. Bob Stoops came out of retirement to coach OU in the Alamo Bowl, and they would beat Oregon 47-32. to However, they were up 30-3 to at halftime. And Brent Venables is obviously OU's new coach, so good for them. Several bowl games have been canceled because of uh, one team's had COVID. I think uh, North Carolina State's uh, head coach actually said the NCAA, NCAA stands for no clue about anything or something like that. Because he was pretty upset that his team flew all the way out to California for the Holiday Bowl only hours before the game for UCLA to say they couldn't play because of COVID. And then I think some teams were able to find bowl replacements of teams that's bowl games that already been canceled. So there's that. I don't really – the NFL playoff picture is pretty crazy. That's also because they added like extra games or wild card games or something. So that's just crazy right now, although I think – Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to win the Super Bowl again. <clears throat> as far as that goes, well, I guess, and I think uh, was it Judicial Watch or somebody sued the government or filed a freedom of information request, and 
they figured out that the uh, I guess like Dr. Fauci's like salary will be like the highest government paid salary when he retires, and he's making more right now than like the yes the president, like s several generals and stuff like that, secretaries of defense and stuff. That's kind of crazy. You would think the president would make the most, but nah. Anyway, though, that's that. Uh, yeah, so like I said, there's the NBA is going on. Kyrie Irving, who's, I guess, the most well-known unvaccinated player in the NBA. I don't know if he's the only one. New Jersey is so short-handed that, or not New Jersey, they're Brooklyn now, the Brooklyn Nets, that they are thinking of bringing Kyrie back as a part-time player in games outside, I guess, New York and maybe states of California where you have to, state of California where you have to be vaccinated. So, I mean, there's that. So, pretty much he could definitely play in Florida and Texas and probably Georgia. I'm trying to think where other NBA. I don't know the rules for everywhere else. I'm just thinking. There's a few states that have NBA teams that he could play. I guess for Brooklyn. And let's see what else. Okay. Oh, so... Four days ago, it's a big day. Welcome my second child, me and my wife, and our first girl, little Lillian Marie, was born St. Francis Hospital at twelve thirty-two exactly, weighing eight pounds one ounce and measuring in length at twenty and three fourths. You're in the hospital for like maybe a day and a half. We were there. Came home. Big brother was happy to see her. Little Will. So. And mom and baby are doing good. And yes, yes, people. She already has me wrapped around her little finger. So there's that. Also pretty stoked. Found out they are writing a book about the Battle of Husaba, which I was a participant in. While serving with 3rd Battalion, 7th Marines. As weapons company, combined any armor team blue, which we were attached and became part of Lima 37. So, can't wait. Though I think the book's getting released in February, so I can't wait to read that, add that to my collection, and tell you guys about it. So, that's pretty interesting. Uh, some guy trolled the president with a let's go Brandon chat or chant or something at a call. I don't know. Like good morning America or something. And he got the president to actually say let's go Brandon, which is kind of funny. Russia is thinking about invading Ukraine, maybe saying they don't want any former Soviet countries to join, to join NATO because that threatens them. The only difference is NATO, the Northern Atlantic Treaty Organization, North Atlantic Treaty Organization isn't going to invade Russia. We're not going to like, the U.S. isn't going to go, yeah, go ahead and invade Russia and start a war. So if these countries join, it's only to keep Russia from invading them because they know Russia will do that and Russia knows they'll do that. So that's why they don't want them to join NATO. 
Kind of. Crazy. And in about less than 20 minutes, it'll be 20, it'll be 2022 in the United States on the East Coast. You Californians and Mountain Time people still have a little while. Celebrate 2021. And let's see. Hope everyone had a good, like, Christmas and stuff. And Thanksgiving. And let's see, what else? Uh, so I'm trying the Sam Adams, like, winter, like, beer pack. So I'm drinking Old Fizzwig. And then what's the other one? It's... The other one I'm drinking is called Reunion IPA. We'll see how that works. Or we'll see how that tastes. And by the way, I don't know if you guys know this, but like, it's my wife got tested for like, you know, COVID and different stuff while she was in the hospital. You know, there's like 24 other like various like flu bugs or viruses or colds. Like 24. That's not, they, they check for that you could get different kinds. It's not even counting like, that's not counting COVID. Like, there's three kinds of COVID. There's regular COVID, I guess. Delta and Omarion. The new one, I guess. There's like three different kinds, apparently. So that's crazy. That there's that much stuff. You just think you got the flu or like the cold, but apparently there's different strains. And like I said, yeah. Forest Cup football football goes. National championship game, Georgia, Alabama. I'm excited to watch Notre Dame play Oklahoma State for the first time in history. Because you know I'm from Oklahoma, so that's a reason why I would I'm definitely and I'm a Notre Dame fan. Always have been. So I'm super excited to watch that. Super excited for Oklahoma to see what Brent Venerables can do. If he can get OU back. Because the thing with Lincoln Riley, and Alex Grinch, they never had a good defense, really. Like, Clemson had some great defenses, and you just see the guys, first-round talent that Venerables and him recruited and churned out out there on defense. Oklahoma needs that. Pretty sure he was a defense coordinator when they had, like, Gerald McCoy and some of those really good defensive guys, too. So it would be... So it'd be great, interesting to see how that works out in Caleb Williams if he stays at OU or if he transfers somewhere. Because when there was rumors of Lincoln Riley going to LSU, they were saying he was going to take Williams with him. And now there's talk he might go to USC. I don't know. I hope not. I hope he stays at OU. And then let's see what else. Oh, Spencer Rattler. And I think OU tight end H-back Austin Stogner went, are both going to South Carolina and re- re- reuniting with uh, Shane Beamer. I was going to say Frank, but I think that that's, that's his dad who was a legendary Virginia Tech coach. So, anyway. Oh, Max Preps posted something on, I think, Instagram. It was, what was it? It was, a, uh, it was like eight coaches. And it was like, who would you want to play for? It was like Nick Saban was like the top guy. 
well, like, he was the first name on their little picture they showed. Then it was, like, it's Nick Saban, Jimbo Fisher, Mario Cristobal, Brian Kelly. That's four. Then Kirby Smart, Debo Sweeney, Lincoln Riley. And who was the other? There was eight of them. Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh was the other one. And my thoughts were, hmm, if I was a college kid, high school kid coming out, being recruited by those guys. Now, 2020, or 2021, going to 2022, who do I want to play for? I don't know if I would trust Lincoln Riley because, you know, he's not a Southern Cal guy by any means. I mean, he's not from there. He's not an alumni there. And he left a really good job at Oklahoma to go there. Because right now, Oklahoma's a better job than USC. But USC can be just as good, if not better, than Oklahoma when they're, you know, right. So I was like, ah, Lincoln Riley would have to be eight on that list. Now, who would be seven? I kind of think... Brian, I'm like, I'm like thinking, Mario Cristobal left Oregon, but then I think Mario Cristobal was a Miami guy. He played there, and he was from there. So, I mean, he's not, I mean, so he's probably staying at Miami for a while. So, he's not eight. Oh, who would I put as eight? Honestly, I'd probably put Brian Kelly at it, seven. Lincoln Riley's at eight. And I like Brian Kelly as a coach. He didn't do Notre Dame wrong, really, when he left. He just left. Although they still had a shot at the playoffs, he could have waited, I thought. So I put him at seven because I think I feel like him and Lincoln Riley both might bolt for the pros. Jimbo Fisher, I put him at six simply because he hasn't really done a lot of a and He has a national championship, but he could also bolt if things got rough at A&M. So I put, put him at six. At five, I put Mario Cristobal, no national championship. At four, I'm putting Kirby Smart. And Kirby Smart and Dabo are pretty high on my list. Dabo because he's got the national championships. Kirby because he's got Georgia playing for a national title again. But also because you look at it, the guy that's going to be number one on my list Dabo and I feel like Dabo and Kirby aren't leaving their current jobs unless his job comes up. So that's why I put him higher. Put him at three. Number two is Jim Harbaugh just because he's coaching the NFL. All he did, the only thing he didn't really do in the NFL was win a Super Bowl. He's coaching the NFL. He's played quarterback at a high level in the NFL. He played there, made a make a Pro Bowl or two, AFC championships and stuff. So. I put him at two, and then number one guy is Nick Saban because, I mean, he's got um, probably as many national championships as what Tom Brady has Super Bowls. I mean, he's pretty much, I mean, he pretty much can coach Alabama till, he, till he's 90. I mean, he's probably not going to, but he could. I mean, now, he might get bored and go to the NFL at some point if maybe the right job opened up, like, Bill Belichick retired. Or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Bruce Arian retired, never like, hey, Nick, come here, coach Tom Brady. Or something like that. So, yeah, I put him at one.
on that thing. But, I mean, as far as sports goes, I think that's really it. I mean, I mean, it's getting colder. It's kind of cold right now in Oklahoma. Uh, saw something that like Lieutenant Colonel Schiller who was the guy that spoke out about the Afghan withdrawal the officer that did he was a commanding officer of like I think infantry training battalion east basically he got a under honorable condition discharge or something He's going to go on like a media blitz apparently at some point. Start talking about, I guess, stuff. I mean, I don't, I agree and disagree with what he did, how he did it. I mean, I agree what he did probably should have been said. There should have been some accountability. Someone should have said, you know, WTF about that. But the way he did it while in uniform as a commanding, a battalion commander, I think he was slated to take over a battalion Commander Slot of an infantry battalion. I completely disagree with that. That is against UCMJ. I mean, but he was right. People need, I mean, you gotta think about it. Like, the president and everyone acted like they were surprised that the president acted surprised that uh, the Afghan army fell so quickly. And the reason why they acted surprised is because, yes, men and politicians were concerned about their careers than actually winning and fighting a war. General, great officers, people at the Pentagon and stuff, CIA analysis, intelligence agency analysis and stuff. They're like, you know, heads, department heads and DCI, Director of Central Intelligence Agency and stuff like that. They go and lie. They go and tell the president it's a bunch of horse crap. That's what I believe. Now, if the president truly knew that they, any president truly knew that the military in Afghanistan was that bad, then they should, I mean, they should lose their government pensions for that and maybe go to jail because you sent, I mean, but I think it was honestly, it was a lot of yes men, people, oh yeah, your, your counterinsurgency plan is great, Mr. President. Your team's of a lot of non-military experts, like, you know, it's great, we're doing, we're winning. The Afghan army can last for years or whatever. They lied to them. He's going to go start talking. Because there really was no one held accountable for that debacle. Like, the Biden administration tried to throw the Trump administration under the bus. The Trump administration, former officials, threw them, started pointing fingers at them and throwing them under the bus. And it's, it was stupid. Then there was some ridiculous article in The Atlantic saying it wasn't Biden's fault. I'm like, uh... He was vice president for eight years while we were at war in Afghanistan, and then a senator before that. But anyway, though, it's enough about politics and, the, I guess, Afghanistan right now. But anyway, though. It's about an hour and seven minutes till it's... 2022 here. And. Hmm. 
Trying to think of some good books. I've read a lot of books, so. You know, I've seen a lot of nostalgic stuff. Like, a lot of stuff came back from, like, I brought back a lot of toys from, like, the 80s and 90s. I was a kid then, so it's kind of like, huh. It's kind of cool. I'm like, I wonder what's going to happen with, I wonder if R.L. Steinwell will bring back those Fear Street books. I used to love reading those. Outside of non-military and politics stuff, those were like the only books I read. And sports books, obviously, I read those too, as a kid. I didn't really get into Goosebumps, but Fear Street, yes. That was my jam. And let's see. I mean, not really a whole lot else. I mean, gonna get some more good content to, you know, take notes on and talk about. I mean, let's see. Well, uh, oh, the University of Tulsa, they won their bowl game against Old Dominion, so that's cool. The transfer portal is crazy. Oh, speaking of Caleb Williams, I was talking about him earlier. Jump back on the sports bandwagon for a minute. You think it was Greg McElroy, McElroy, he's a former Alabama quarterback and NFL quarterback. I think he only played for the Jets. Might have played for someone else. He's on like CBS Sports. He does everything. He was talking about someone was saying that someone told him that a lot of schools were recruiting Caleb Williams hard, which means it's not just USC and Lincoln Riley, which he was saying there's something that's got to stop. It's, it's roster tampering because it'd be different if Williams was in the transfer portal, but he's not, and he's right. That's the thing with the transfer portal and no, and no, you know, like, I guess rules really. I mean, and also just the NCAA's lack of, they just, they're just, they're like the UN as far as a governing body goes, or like an organization, the UN's kind of, kind of trash organization, as far as stuff. And, the UN's kind of a trash organization, and, uh, the NCAA's kind of one too, as far as like governing stuff, and like doing out punishments and crap. Like, they'll give, like, slap on the wrist for something big, something that should have got, and then they'll be like, they'll hammer some other school who punished the player and the coach, like Oklahoma State. And, like, they'll be like, you're banned from postseason again. And stupid stuff, like, so, like, I don't really know what they could do, but I think if they found out someone tampered, like, roster tampering, like, someone, and, of course, there's always that great, you know, like, it, it's not like a coach or someone. It's someone that's a booster or something like that or family member that gets a text from a middleman and then the head coaches and them have deniability. Like, oh, Lincoln Riley would be like, I didn't know that they were talking to, you know, Caleb Williams. I didn't tell him to come here. He just wanted to come here. It's not like that, like, but they got to figure out a way to punish, a better way of taking care of that, solving that. And 
I mean, other than that, yeah, the NCAA just needs to get their, you know, life together and get, you know. I mean, and also, like, stop being about the money and be about the student-athletes and stuff like that. Because, one, think about it. We have, like, way too many bowl games. So some of the bowl games getting canceled really wasn't a big deal to me. I mean, to me. I know the kids I wanted to play in them it was, but... Well, really, reality is we're rewarding, like, six and six mediocre teams' bowls. I don't know. I remember back in the day when, like, eight and three in the Big 12, where the SEC might... Well, it'd probably get you a bowl game there, but like in like, say if you were in like the WAC or something like that, you might not go to a bowl. Or if you're independent, not named Notre Dame, no bowl game for you. So, I mean, they just need to get stuff together. And honestly, last year I was able to experiment with an expanded playoff. Could have seen how that worked. All right. Have a good night. Well, I'm going to get off here. Everyone have a good night and a happy 2022. Will Rawson out.